Well, there you go. There you fucking go. Magic. Those beautiful and powerful. Yeah, I'm alive. I'm alive. The 1800s. Late 1800s, right there. I think let's, we're all dead. We're all dead, folks. And I'm back. We're back. Here we go. Oh my goodness. Every portrait from Daydream to Reality. Royal Zoo, here we go. My future review that I wrote. Okay. Next gen only. This is how you destroy, completely destroy everyone else. And yes, it is about that. It is about. Filled with dangers you can't yet imagine. An ancient knowledge I can't gone from this world. That strange and mysterious talent you Here possess may be the key to unlocking this dormant power. My heart. I can't. My heart is, is I can't. Is the limitless. An unexplored era, completely for us to make, completely our own. And it's taking on a life of its own. It doesn't belong to anyone, it belongs to everyone now. You know? The choices you make now will define the legacy of Hogwarts. And I am dead and yet alive. Live the unwritten. What is up everyone? I hope you're all doing well. Welcome to this extensive, in-depth, granular, comprehensive, all-encompassing um, dive, deep dive into the Hogwarts Legacy first look this dream come true that we are all experiencing already in our minds we're already already playing we are all already playing this game um, I think we've all already been playing this game for many many years definitely over two decades for me um, I don't have to be you know I don't have to repeat myself I suppose from the last episode saying that this was um, uh, something that went beyond a trailer, beyond like the, you know the Wizarding World itself. It's like I say, it's like for stories like that, it is immersion is just and and, and living it is something that the Wizarding World is peerless at. Like that is just a synonymous quality. I mean, a lot of people say that about Star Wars, but because the Wizarding World is just you know, the turn down a corner away in London or peeking behind a wall in whatever country. It's like, that's how close the Wizarding World is to us. And so that, that makes it feel closer to us. So if you listen back to episodes one and two of this podcast, uh, which is the Wizarding World podcast, 
um, you will you'll see what I mean and and how special truly special this world is and to you know discuss it at the very top um, by the way this is going to be a very super extensive like if you remember I don't know if you've been following my overarching podcast which is the Albert Kessa podcast since 2015 I went through the God of War trailer briefly um, after it came out so not long after it came out and um, you know I was zooming in and looking at all the details of like Kratos and Atreus's house and stuff so and uh, that was before I was you know it was under a different name and stuff but now um, just to give you a bit of an intro I guess some people might be coming to the channel for the first time you're either seeing this on uh, youtube.com forward slash Albert Kessler official as episode 228 of the Albert Kessler podcast or you're seeing it as episode 8 of um, the Wizarding World podcast so first and foremost I just have these conversations organically on whatever subject like is true for me to speak about and because I am so like multi-passionate and deeply like multi-passionate it's not like this you know skimming the surface of all these things and I'm just never really diving in it's like as you'll see in this episode we do very much dive in and um, that's the case with Beyond and Good and Evil podcast with Kojima, um, Ueda, um, Ghibli like there's just so many um, worlds and creative entities that I am I resonate with that I have such a kinship with um, so and uh, my approach is very different uh, I, I just I'm just me I'm a human being I kind of just do my thing and um, but my fiance mentioned that it's important for me to remind you folks to if you enjoy the video like and share and subscribe um, I've always I if, literally I walk my talk when I say this for all the videos I just don't say that because I'm just here doing my thing and I'd be doing it anyway but it does help with um, uh, I suppose it just generally helps even though it's like it's just not a metric for me at all because um, it is just this chronicle really so I'm not trying to like pull something over you know and like get something you know happening or whatever it's just if whatever traction the channel gets it's just based on uh, all you folks sort of resonating with I suppose me as a person and, and what I have to say about all these various um, you know um, yeah topics subject matter so folks it's time it's time to dive in I have it queued up here and um, I've got the volume hopefully on nothing nothing too crazy but uh, we're gonna go uh, you know we can go through it at uh, low volume and I can just kind of provide a little bit of um and this will be maybe useful for like reactions of this format which I've now found you know let's see if I can put that volume on magic both beautiful and powerful binds together our long history okay that common bond we share is the legacy of Hogwarts. Right. So I see a lot of people um, kind of doing the stop-start thing. Um, me personally, what I might do is in the edit future, Albert, maybe just start some music here. And what we'll do is we'll go to the very start and we're going to put it on mute because, you know, you don't want to be hearing a video being scrubbed through at, um, you know, 0 0.25 speed. You don't, don't want to be hearing that. So annotations off. 
playback speed 0 0.25. Um, if you go even seriously all the way back to the episode one, like the first ever episode I recorded of this podcast, which was for the Miyazaki podcast, uh, Bloodborne, I did a three-part analysis and discussion. Um, each episode around the one hour and a half slash, I think I went into the two hours as with a few of them. Several of the episodes go into the three hours. Um, and... Uh, there's just something which I still haven't seen out there as much, which is these long form and non non scripted. Like there are some really extensively scripted multi hour, you know, and you know, uh, what's his name, Gervais, uh, Nicholas Gervais. He's he's brilliant, but he he scripts them and he goes into, you know, um, this very taut kind of style, and it's not out of like laziness or anything. I just I just with the level of energy that I like to have. Um, you know, I'll try and do an impression of a YouTuber right now. It's like, and I'm talking about this and I'm speaking on script. And it's like, hmm, no. <laughs> so if you have that kind of fellow introvert vibe, then you've you found, uh, possibly found a kindred place to be with uh, the Albert Kessler podcast and all the various, you know, um, ways that I just sort of group it into its own feeds. And this will go out onto its own Apple and uh, Spotify and all that. Um, so folks, here we go. 0. 0.0000. May contain content inappropriate for children. Visit ESRB.org for reading information. ESRB. Uh, Mortal Kombat, I think. Led to their creation. PlayStation, who absolutely decimated. Absolutely decimated. Um, pausing right here, uh, my fiance and I were talking about how Warner Brothers have been they're almost like the inverse of disney now is that i think disney with some of their kind of hubris of like planning out all of their you know like countless films in that really mm, kind of conveyor belt way you know covid happening and pushing everything back and and, and i i honestly think just in this past year and a bit you know starting i think very much with joker um there's just this sense of like you know, like, I think my fiance, Ray, by the way, she does like, um, uh, she's a leadership coach, you know, she does a leadership mentoring, um, which dips into like emotional intelligence and, and that kind of stuff. And after the, you know, what they did with the Hobbit, where they just took this book and they just stretched it like way, way too much. Um, I think Warner Brothers have been doing a lot of soul searching as this is how Ray put it. And I think the outcome of that was really like i think first of all i think matrix 4 is going to be absolutely sublime i think you know and it's and they haven't said it's going to be a new trilogy like they after the hobbit stuff they're really reticent for that and that's why with todd phillips with the joker another wb you know 2019 it was just there was no discussion whatsoever of like franchising it too early or stretching the material out unnaturally and joker won the oscar you know so um dune also is looking beautiful i I host the Dune podcast, and we are um, certainly, we actually referred to uh, Hogwarts Legacy in that uh, analysis, we're doing a six-part analysis of that three-minute trailer, and uh, depending on this one, we may even need to split this one up, because there's, um, you know, we'll see, I think we'll get through it though, um, but WB with that as well, like, uh, you know, maybe even, I'll just cite something even earlier for them, which is, you know, the Arkham titles, which is, as I, I kind of called it in the Dune podcast, like canon adjacent, uh, which is fully canon, but still in its own kind of, you know, like the Graphorns, 
you know, they look different from this trailer and um, uh, and what we see in the Fantastic Beasts films. I love both designs, I really do. Um, and I said this, I think, in the episode seven, which is, you know, slight representational differences, like that is fine for me because, you know, these stories are ostensibly being told. You can go, you can go a few different angles. You can say that they're being told uh, by different people and so they have different, they just a different lens in. Um, but then you can also have the thing of like, maybe that's a different strain of Graphorn and maybe that's a different subspecies of troll, you know, so there's ways to kind of massage it into canon, but it is canon. Um, and I, you know, I truly am on the polar opposite, you know, spectrum of, of this. I mean, even saying her name makes me just upset. Um, JK Rowling, uh, which we won't really We'll try at least not to dwell on too much, but I saw some uh, Twitter comments saying like, let's really keep this foremost in the discussion, and I will. You know, I'll do my part for that. I won't try and like, you know, breeze past it. Um, so we really have gotten to a place, I think, as a people where we just won't stand for um, anything resembling. You know, she's trying to cancel an entire like. That's fine. Like, please cancel this woman because she's trying to cancel an entire, you know, group of people, you know, um, and there's no, and I think there's this real strange thing because she doesn't apply that equivalency of herself to any other group. It makes me worry about the wider and deeper aspects of like her psyche, which we're just seeing this kind of, you know, uh, um, you know, um, iceberg tip. Because if someone can't have that moment, which usually restrains the, the mouth from flapping or the, the fucking hands from tweeting, it's, um, it's, it's that thing of saying like, you know what, if I was on the receiving end of this, I just wouldn't, I wouldn't go there. And, and so then, you know, t time turner style, I bet she, which I bet, well, actually, see, I can't say that. I can't say she bet she wishes that she had a time turner. Um, she bet she wishes one or whatever, because she doesn't like she's she's really doubled down on those transphobic comments and you know i i see that as like the like like day one lesson one uh, in being empathetic is the thing of like you just wouldn't say that because you just you are equal to everyone so it's this thing which is a refrain we're seeing in a lot of articles which is that she's just gotten too isolated and she can quote unquote as i said to my fiance in a recent email like she can afford to be right, you know, and um, that's a very sad thing because, you know, manufactured truth and manufactured, uh, you know, confidence and uh, it's complete like this idea and she's pursuing this as though she's unassailed, you know, as, as though she's not questioned and that's why she's going at it so full of confidence because she doesn't perceive there to be any kind of opposition. Um, she's just kind of saying this stuff and that's one read on it. Another read could be that she is trying to be this crusade, crusader for truth. Um, and that didn't really work out well for like Hitler when he tried to sort of espouse and make this thing that he believed like reality, which he tried to kind of warp. And this thing I, I used to really think JK was a very open-minded person who um, hated authoritarianism and you know and she's without without she's not opening any dialogues either which is another trait of like I'm just you know I'm too rich to be able to to have to open dialogues with people 
Um, and with my wonderful co-host on episode six, uh, Elise Tabor, she and I talked about how if she just apologized, if she just actually went there and said, you know what, I have been fucking up. If she did that, that would be so healing. But uh, when someone has uh, kind of given themselves that mantle, which is just, there's a, it's, an, it's a non-issue. It's like someone who's, you know, crusading to, to prove that bananas are blue. It's like, no, everyone knows they're yellow. It's, it's an established thing. And you and your blue banana people are just going to be a sad little cult who just kind of, self-reinforce one another and dive deeper into your delusions and then stir, stew in the acidity of your own false kind of convictions and become more acidic and awful and then you'll just melt through the floor and just vanish because uh, the world is getting more progressive and and the thing is um, there are some people where it's like you don't have to fully understand and like this essay that was an insult frankly you know that uh, I, I'm diving into it, folks, because I haven't really given my super extensive thoughts, you know? That thing that she wrote was just uh, in defense of a delusion. It was just, you know... And Elise and I, we, we said it, it's like, we hope that she's smart enough at some point to realize that this amount of opposition, this amount, it's not us, it's you, you know? Like, so... And the thing is, like, like the sun and the moon and there's those those parlances but the truth like actually won't go away so the that's why we get frustrated is because her not only is she wasting her time our time she's causing damage you know withholding these and i want to say this it's like you don't have to fully understand that experience it is simply just let people be and by the way like transphobic people are love like 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 you know like, I, I, they're f I was about to say it's like they're lovely deep down like they don't know their sin you know of, of being so blind like all they would have to do is just make an empathetic connection and then they could just like right themselves so it's important not, not to demonize the whole idea is to educate you know and trans people are lovely trans people are people and you know it's just such a such a non-issue and, and especially during covid and 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 with black lives matter like this the this the, the many other things she could be drawing attention to is just you know it is sad and uh and 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 see how it can keep going because it is this open thing you know and yeah let's leave it at that because it is an open thing which we will follow and i will follow it and hopefully it uh but I, I do respect the people out there. It's like just for my own, uh, you know, especially the trans people affected, they've just said like, you know what, let's just cut this out. Like, I don't want to leave the door open for an apology. It's like, she's awful and I've, you know, she's dead to me, whatever. Like, do what you have to. And then if she apologizes, then that's the beginning of another discussion. But certainly that's a preservation method. And um, final, thing, final thing I'll say about it, it's uh, so JK, this... Next to zero likelihood, you'll see this, but um, remember, like, before we're anything, before we're any orientation, we're empathetic people. And especially if, just look, look at it on a very basic sense, is if, if these people aren't hurting anyone, and they're not, you know? You know, the people that you say do these things and you conflate the two that's this as bad as conflating islamic people with islamic extremists and saying all islamic people are extremists 
it's just as bad. And I know you don't believe that. Like, that's one thing that I can help maybe you and other people who hold your views. Like, that's a really good example because it's exactly the same thing. And if you yourself would say, yeah, no, I would, you know, I would never say that. Like, I have many Islamic friends and I would never conflate the two. It's like, you're doing that. You're doing that in a very subtle, unconscious way and also in very not-so-subtle ways. Um, and then this kind of self-gaslighting and then, you know, gaslighting of the other to, to believe what you're saying. Um, and I bet you think you're in some kind of like nightmare where no one's believing you and you're this beacon holder of the truth. It's like, just step back from it and say, look, um, uh, you need to look at what you are saying when you say this thing of like women, you know? and you can't exclude a portion of what is it's like saying like you know yeah fruit 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 oh actually except you know oranges aren't fruit you know because like and just coming up with whatever reason it's like we culturally have come together to say that trans people are people you know trans women are women trans men are men it's an accepted thing now at one point, back in the way ancient times, we probably had different words for one another and we just at one point collectively said, this is what this is. Uh, and like I'll reference the moon and the sun again, it's like after a while, it just because they recur, like truth is the, the ever recurring, ever self-renewing thing. And ignorance is this thing that eventually shrivels and dies because it's just not self-renewing because ignorance originates in like a single human mind. Whereas truth is this isness, like it is just eternal, you know, so people who cling to untruths and falsehoods as truth they're just it's just a one-way road to um self-nullification and then you you waste your time and it's just yeah so much so much wasted time um, i could use that as, as a segue into this analysis but i like it is so much more important than this analysis to to really hit this home it's like please please any of you who agree with jk out there just step back and don't go into the specifics, just recognize it's like someone is saying they're something, you know? And the implicit act of saying they're something isn't doing any harm. If someone was like, I want to kill all people, I want to kill this, da, 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 then they, the thing that they are saying, the thing that they're saying that they are and enacting that they are is dangerous and you should decry that. You should try and cancel that and bring attention to, 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 to quelling that but she's trying to quell something completely natural and completely harmless. And so it is very, very unnatural that, that um, you, you know, JK and like people who resonate with you and agree with you on this point um, should, should hold that belief because it is like saying that, you know, birds don't fly or it's, it's, it's just, a, it's an isness, it's a truth. And guess what? It is really causing you no harm you know, you're not losing anything as a woman or as a person for letting people live in that way. Um, unless there's some deeper vendetta or something that you're willing to go this far to die on that hill, which really will just lead to all kinds of, you know, um, failure for you as a person and as an empath and in your charities, like your charities will suffer because of this. Like anything your name is attached to will suffer because you're negating of like an accepted truth and being on this crusade it's like please know the difference between something that's held in your head only and what is the truth that everyone knows and another thing another aspect of empathy is to have the the knowledge that you just 
you can't relate to that. I, with my homosexual friends and like whatever gender orientation, whatever black, brown, anything of the other that, you know, and you see, you talk about the other in your books. Um, you know, there's a sense of like, whatever they're experiencing is the equivalent of me. The convictions they hold, it's the same as the convictions I hold about what I believe. So that, that automatic empathetic, like I am you, you are, you are me, should 99.9, actually should nullify any, you know, any even occurrence to, to draw that dividing line of say, well, yeah, yeah, that, but me or something like that, you know? Um, so, and look at nature. Nature is this all encompassing thing. And, 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 you know, again, and, and the truth is persistent. <laughs> and remember, like, you know, like, gay people had to deal with people saying like oh this was a fad it's like no like people have been gay and they've found like ancient accounts of people of historical figures who along were like and so it's like you can't say that that was like a fad it's like if you want to call truth a fad it's like it's the longest running fad ever because and it'll live, outlive you and i <laughs> jk you know truth is the longest fad if you want to call it that so may as well really just accept it uh truth is the long fad uh, it's yeah that's just like if you want to like try and bring some whatever language you need to use for yourself or you know yeah like people who resonate with her and like understand like <sighs> that throw their weight behind her and there are many of you and it is very frightening because they there is that that line drawn that says that people like myself are you know blinkered and believing in in the lie and it's like by the way nothing you know now i'm starting to repeat myself but and that's what i'll tail off on that's actually what i'll what i'll end on it's like the truth will endlessly repeat itself and guess what the truth has way more energy than your lies than your ignorance and there's just going to be love and acceptance and truth from everyone who is just who they are of every kind and yeah, it's not going to work out, lady, and, and everyone who, who believes her and, and is with her. It's not going to work out to, to love 99.9% .9 of humanity. And, you know, usually what I say when I, like, don't love a certain portion, I say it's like, well, the Nazis I don't like, well, racists I don't like, people who eat other people, like cannibals or whatever, like all that kind of crazy extreme. Like, And so when you say you don't accept, like, a peaceful just like they're just trying to they're just who they are you know it shouldn't even go into the depths of like you know asking them about their experience like uh, and like interrogating them it's like they're they, the implicit thing of being a trans person isn't hurting anyone so that immediately should just allow you to, like, it's not hurting anyone and so it should never have crossed your lips honestly never have crossed your mind for it to have been a problem if the person isn't hurting anyone if whatever sect or whatever segment of humanity is like actively hurting people yeah okay that's a problem and this thing of like saying well you know trans people it's like no you're conflating and I'm, again it's like with a kid you have to just say it and that's not being patronizing it's like sometimes you just have to say it over and over and over it's like no like like trans people are just people islamic people are just islamic people and statistically yes there are some extremist violent very violent uh people in all of these groups there's very violent you know soft-spoken tattooed fucking australian guys you know but it's 
yeah it's like saying everyone with tattoos is like is like awful and like if that that xenophobia is just it's so not you joe it's so not any of you i know deep down like that you don't believe that you don't believe that a peaceful bunch of people who are just being who they are you know um uh to 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 be to to, to merit that same level of like you know ostracization or or exile or null or nullification or cancelling it's like and so as you can see i have like an endless swath of support for my sisters brothers everyone in um in the trans community so please just come around to what is true and so we can all just move on <laughs> you know speaking of moving on i'm telling you it's it's gonna be a big one and um, i might have to add chapters or something because you know um folks warner brothers beautiful open-minded lovely ac ac accepting and they have now taken the mantle the warner bros the wizarding bros if you want to go wb that way the, they are the bros they are now taking this thing from this person who just has issues to sort out i we all wish her well in in, in coming around to the truth and that big beautiful publish public apology because this again you know however late I mean, obviously, sooner is is better to be able to just say, yeah, bananas are yellow because you're weeding us out by trying to say that they're not. Um, but I am prepared for her not doing that. And, uh, you know, Warner, like I, when you see the frequently asked questions of um, Hogwarts Legacy, it's so wholesome. They're like, no, she's not directly involved. And, you know, Portkey Games, uh, they we named it that way because Portkey's in this universe. And I am I'm comfortable with them saying her extraordinary body of writing because it's they're saying the writing is extraordinary, not her. And it is true. Now everything that is worthwhile about this person is just not this person at all. It is it is the work she's made, and uh, the work has become more, and her community has become more progressive than her. And so, right there, follow the truth, people. Like, follow the love, follow the truth, and that's what the love and the truth is. You know, is this wizarding world? And see, that's interesting. You know, you need to take it on a case-by-case -case basis with like uh, separating the art from the artist and uh, with the Wizarding World I'm fine like there are some people where it's like oh if I know that person like killed an Adobot into children like I cannot fucking watch that at all it's like too far so you it's like you just look at it case by case and, and with Wizarding World if she was like an actual straight up mass murderer who like ate babies and that crazy shit she, I just couldn't it, it would viscerally make me sick to engage with anything like that Currently, she's extremely harmful, extremely, um, you know, causing, I would say, like, a trickle-down effect, not as bad as Trump is doing with the, you know, and how crazy is it that I'm even drawing a comparison, but Trump with his, like, negligence of the COVID stuff, like, he's acti actively killing people um, because of um, that, uh, you know, that looseness with which he's leading that country. Like, he's, he's inspiring looseness in his followers who then they pass on. Uh, the disease and then some beautiful lovely or whatever it doesn't matter what personalities like people who don't deserve to die are breathing this stuff and then they have weaker immune systems and they die so he is direct for thou thousands upon thousands tens of thousands of deaths like that that man so she's talking about this lovely community uh vilifying it and um you know that's leading to i would say a good couple hundred deaths just because of you know, there's there's cultures which we don't hear about where it's like there's just this you're you're sending reinforcement of of stigmatization out there, and that energetically people pick up on that, they feel validated, and then they inflict violence. So 
Yeah, like, right? So it's like, it's not as bad. And if it gets worse, that'll then I'll have to do another reassessment. But as things are so far, um, you know, this world is just, and that's a true testament because I am a Scorpio. I, I am, like, I, I, I cut, like, when people are fucking around, I cut them out. For sure, and and it is a testament to this world, not to my ability ability to like turn a blind eye. It's like as you can see, I've spent like a good twenty thirty minutes going into this. It's fucking important, people, you know. So, um, but no, it is the world, and now I'm just now now the smile won't go away. Goodness, I don't think it'll go away pretty much at all for the rest of this video. So, shout out to WB. Thank you for existing, WB turn the brightness down a little bit be a bit kind of it's because i've been staring into this uh bravia light when i saw this i lost my fucking mind straight up um it, had, it was one buffer trailer away from because uh, there was the miles morales avalanche who are now taking up that name now just purely avalanche instead of studio avalanche or avalanche studios like you know the uh uh, you know, the guys who did uh, Just Cause and the Mad Max, even though I, I'm looking forward to playing Mad Max and WB again, Mad Max, you know, so I love WB. I, I love them more than Disney. Yeah, I said it. So this uh, lovely carriage here. Now, I can give you some history about me very quickly. In, in Italy in 1998 or 1999 or whatever, I was um, simultaneously to, to reading the first... Or, or even, I just remember leafing through it. It was like a gray, like the cover of it. it was, I was in Italy, and the cover of it was like, I don't know, maybe I'm misremembering, but it's, it was like gray. And I think it was either, it was probably Philosopher's Stone. Um, and I just read a couple of words, just the first few words. I, I remember it clear as day, though. And it was at my aunt's house, who sadly, we um, haven't been able to patch things up so far. So all of you with big Italian families that talk to each other, um, Give them a big hug from me because stuff happened with mine where, yeah, don't have that connection. So family's lovely. Uh, can relate in some ways to Harry <laughs> with that. Um, and so, yeah, my aunt's house, who, by the way, my aunt, Maya, like she looks like almost spitting image, uh, certain, certain angles, I'll say, to Catherine Waterston's character from the Fantastic Beasts. So... Uh, with like definitely like her hair the bob whatever or it's like the the loose bob like i'm like zia maya like my, my auntie's name is maya um and so when i read that i was like okay interesting and, and i remember saying hermione i remember saying that which is all, all us italians who who first had exposure to wizarding world um you know in through italy at least i can just speak to that and probably in spain too maybe the romantic languages is like hermione you know <laughs> you would just say that hermione <laughs> um and yeah at the same time i was living in this village um in le marche called montefiore del lazo which means mountain of flowers by the azo which i think might be like a hill or something mountain next to a mountain and this place if you do a google search um I could try and bring up a little window. I guess that would make that area of the screen kind of useful. Um, I'll try. So here we go. Uh, still figuring out this kind of setup. Here we go. Uh, nah, too messy. 
it'll mess with my OCD. Will it? Yes, it will. Um, look it up. Uh, Montefiore del Lazo. It's a beautiful medieval village. I only spent two years, basically even barely, I would say, two years in Italy. But it was apparently, as a, as a youth, it was young enough, you know, for me to... Um, to because uh, your mind's like a sponge when you're when you're young, and so I just learnt Italian. Like I, I am still bilingual Italian to this day, and I can speak up to like a ten-year-old's kind of, you know, amount of Italian. And so I'm reading this book. I don't even think I read like a couple of pages, but it was enough to like, it like seized my mind. And at the same time, so there's there's number one, you know, Hog, you know, Hogwarts, and that that kind of vibe of like oh, the Wizarding World, you know already so number one number two i was living in like an actual medieval village on a hill like basically hogwarts like straight up for two years number three i was playing a game um called medieval which recently had a remaster again by playstation who are defining this art form i won't go on it too much but this art form is the creative medium which closest emulates life in that both art and life require your active participation for them to each be what they are. Uh, that's a, what you call a refrain. I've said that probably about a thousand times across all these podcasts. Um, that is the power of interactive storytelling because it deepens empathy because you step into this role. And when you wake up in the morning, you just you can't just lie there. Like that's it's passive. You have to get up. You have to brush your teeth. You have to make these choices, make decisions, and only gaming taps into that. You know, uh, with everything else, you just hit a play button and you sort of sit back. So, um, PlayStation are defining this art form. I'll say it a third time. PlayStation are defining the interactive art form by far, followed by Nintendo and then followed very, very far behind by um, Microsoft, which, please, Elden Ring in five days at the Tokyo Game Show. Um, so, um, this trifecta of medieval fantasy incredible because as a kid you know you have that imagination and in, in, in Italy we actually have La Sagra delle Salsicce which is uh, the festival of sausages and the La Sagra delle Castagne which is the festival of um, you know chestnuts and so this idea of you know um, and this feeds into what eventually would be my experience reading uh, Goblet of Fire which is night like there was I think there's a description of like a night market there with the Quidditch World Cup and uh yeah i'm you know look at this face i'm just remembering now is is uh in our earliest kind of moments of encountering you know a subject matter it, it's like it imprints you know how like young like animals like imprint on like a mother or whatever like when we're kids and we come across the first instance of a thing then the, forever afterwards like coming across that thing in different instances will always remind us of the always remind us of the first time we encountered that so uh at, at like you know the the great hall like like i just remember in my mind's eye um uh, not only we we went to school <laughs> look it up i'm not kidding in italy when you're a kid uh, i don't know if it's the same now probably not but i was part of that generation where it's asilo which is um basically just above kindergarten and kids wear robes like black robes, like like Harry Potter in Italy. Like look it up with the color and everything. So <laughs> it's tied in inextricably. Uh, so with with the Wizarding World for me. Um, and yeah, so uh, 
Yeah, oh, now I'm just reminiscing. Excuse me, I kind of went there. But yeah, this this thing was just, uh, this. you know, it just kind of appeared in my life as a kid and it defined my ideas of coziness, of, oh, you know, like uh, adventure. And like, and we had this thing in Italy called La Befana, which is La Strega, which is this benign figure, which is uh, in folklore, it's um, a, a good witch who brings kids presents. And I have uh, had some friends, uh, uh, Laura and Mario, who lived next door to me and my sister, and they were good. They are, they were, and still are good friends of mine who lived in like an adjacent. Because again, it's just all medieval houses, you know. And and maybe that got built up in the like 1700s or whatever. But the foundations are just purely medieval. And um, sort of our neighbors there, they had an owl just like this one. And we remember when we would go out as kids, and this is a thing in Italy is kids in in, in um, uh, the Mediterranean, uh, or in Italy at least, as when I remember, maybe things have changed, is they would just go out at night, you know? Like, it's very different to here in Australia. It's like, right now it's 8.23. Uh, we would be out at night getting ice cream and just like going on the swing and stuff like that. And, and so cobblestones, like night, you know, like it's, it wasn't just me encountering it out of like nowhere. It was just this thing that built on what was, I was experiencing at the time. So they had an owl. I'm, I'm sure of it. My sister and I were convinced that we had, um, that Mario and Laura had an owl up there and with like cobblestones and, uh, medieval buildings and stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, so my earliest conceptions were kind of shaped by this, of, of that, and yet, yeah, you know, Owls, Montefiore, like one and the same. Um, yeah, like, and, and there are scenes of, you know, Harry sneaking around um, in this ancient medieval place. Um, a lot of this, by the way, I'm kind of riffing it for the first time. This kind of just sort of spills out. I'm making these connections live with you. At night in Montefiore, and it's not just like trying to like throw connections together to like make the story juicy. Like this is legitimate stuff. We had in medieval, there is a a place called the Hall of Heroes, and in the game is Il Salone degli Eroi, which is the Hall of Heroes. And there, there were like goblets and you know this like and weapons and whatever. If you go into the Hall of Heroes in medieval, the original, I'm, I'm assuming the remake. I haven't seen the Hall of Heroes scenes in the remake, but. Um, there's a there's a, there's a grand hall kind of Hogwartsy kind of feel, you know, um, uh, Hogwartsy kind of feel, and and I I still remember almost the layout like I could close my eyes and walk you through this match, and uh, we we don't have access to it anymore even though it was like our like blood right to keep it, and like that'll go into too much personal stuff to dive into why we don't have our ancestral mansion anymore, but maybe another time on another show you could go in and it had like a spiral staircase. It had like, it, I lived in, in like a mini Hogwarts, basically. It had a library downstairs. Uh, it had a yard and like when you looked over it, it would just be expansive and just very magical. And we had this festival called um, La Festa dei Folletti, which is the festival of fairies. And we would go out and be witches and, you know, people dressed as witches. And, and yeah, Befana, sorry, I, for, I forgot to say our, our neighbors, uh, uh, Laura and Mario, their mother, his name is Fausta, she dressed as Befana, came to our house with her broom, and what they do is they would, she would give lumps of coal, but the coal would be, it would be dust, it would be um, uh, sugar, it would be just like um, dyed sugar, so you'd, you'd, you'd bite into the coal and it would just be tasty, so, and she would bring other gifts as well, so, 
Um, so just to kind of give you a, a grounding in where just my very deep, 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 rich kinship. And if we actually go there, um, even though Star Wars, you know, came up roughly at the same time, I think um, there's, it's a bit of a hazy area. Um, so I remember being very young with the medieval stuff, very young, Azilo. So that medieval kind of wearing robes kind of experience does predate my relationship with Star Wars, probably. Uh, it is it is kind of blurry because it was just a couple of years, but it was like that those years. It's that old saying like those years lasted forever kind of thing. You know, we went on a bike ride once. Actual non Wizarding World tangent here. Uh, we felt like me and my friend Mario and um, Augusto, I think it was, or maybe someone else. Uh, we went on a bike ride and we like like hobbits like out into the Italian countryside and we like ate roasted chestnuts and we like fell asleep under a tree. Uh, and like we spoke to a farmer and it was like real deal man later in the books you know they go out uh, into the wider world outside of Hogwarts uh, but if, again that that went on and weirdly I was playing Metal Gear at the same time so it's a completely different thing but you know and Pokemon but you know I, that was that was the lived thing the lived experience and this will tie into Hogwarts Legacy where we'll be living it um, tied into that where you know and we were my Mario and I were obsessed with the golden eye as well so we played like Nintendo and all these different podcasts which I'll bring you both bring all of you into um, uh, both this and and those you know so so yeah richly truly deeply um, nostalgic you know just hope you don't mind like you'll find this if I've lost some of the younger folks who are like, oh, this guy's taken a while. It's like, well, stories. Believe me, kids, like, you'll start telling stories. Uh, and it's it's wonderful because you just, it, it, it's sort of, it's almost like giving a, a texture and a flavor to, to what we're going to dive into. So I'll be able to kind of make references. So um, to those experiences. So um, I had initially started like watching a, uh, is it too close to see? Could I zoom in? There's no titles that I can see, but it did invite me to, to want to look in there. Uh, but we do have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and I don't know... Whoa! There it is. I think JK did officially say that there are seven subjects at, at school because that number seven is a very magically charged. So if we do have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven books, that's right. So, And uh, very haphazardly stacked, but there's probably you know, um, like a spell or a charm that's keeping them all together. I uh, like those people who can, you know, they do the the thing that pretends, it's like a prank thing, you can look it up. They stack things in a way, but they're tied together so that they, it's like, as a prank, they pretend all the all the books will like fall on someone, but they stick together because it's like tied together through some mechanism. And I'm sure there's like a ceiling spell that you can do. It's like, these books will stay together throughout this whole journey. So they don't have to like bundle uh, you know, everything with like ropes to keep things, you know, they can just pss, magically say, look, oh fuck, I love magic. I fucking love magic. It just, it is that sense of anything's possible. Ah, oh, so beautiful. And we all, we're all magic. We all are. Everything's atoms. You can get cosmic with that, but it's, it's true. Like objectively, we're made of like stardust and nothing is created or destroyed, just changes shape. So we're made of like stars. So you can, we are magic. So, um, I don't have to sit here and sit you down and tell you how much I fucking love Victorian 
bags <laughs> and like you know filigreed things like you don't understand like you know go back to episodes one and two i fucking lost it i fucking lost it because it's like in in, in the 90s when we do visit hogwarts like you know, there's that there's that sense of you know even now when you visit like a you know, and universities like they'll always have these things of like the bookcases and some of the furniture will they'll keep it but that stuff is on the way out and like a lot of universities are like modernizing and like and all that stuff but and hogwarts you know in the 90s is this it's kind of special you know i grew up a lot in a major way in the 90s uh, i'm 88 by the way as in 1988 born november 1st so um it's ravenclaw by the way <laughs> um so so yeah like um i would i loved i loved that that period and, and and that it was just you know we were still in that decade first of all it's like 1800s 1900s like now into the 2000s we've really it really feels like the future kind of thing but back then it felt like we were close to you know the fantastic beasts i said in the 1920s and uh, we're seeing older versions of these things but um with hogwarts and with the wizarding world and you, and i think we'll find this with castello bruchu and Wagadu and um, Mahatokoro and Dermstrang and Bogotong when we see these in more expanded ways. Uh, <laughs> I, I will share an article at one point. I, I deleted it because I was doing some admin, but I'll repost it to the Wizarding World um, uh, Reddit, which is the community, by the way. I founded the reddit.com forward slash r forward slash Wizarding World. Um, uh, is this big list of what I see happening with the Wizarding World getting a story group like the Lucasfilm do of, and I love input key games again in their uh, frequently asked questions it says you know we are uh, we create titles for fans you know and we are fans ourselves to experience different angles of the Wizarding World and different areas and different times so and what I'm building to is that uh, there's an ancientness. And in fact, one of the central things we'll hear in this trailer is the ancient magic, you know. Um, so I fully would, def desperately would love to see a period, you know, like in the, like, like the Merlin times, like an, a Merlin origin story. Like, folks, you don't understand, like, um, so while, <laughs> sorry to bring it back, I'll just say briefly. So while she's been writing all these crime novels, it's like, the Wizarding World is kind of like a little bit just sort of been sitting there. It's like we are so full of, oh my god, Scandinavian, like uh, Wizarding School, Chinese Wizarding School, Korean Wizarding School. Like it is, you know, I, I, I will say, I was, I was about to say just to kind of keep things, you know, maybe in that sort of poised realm. But I'll, I'll break poise right now. I'll say like fucking, you know, so, so aggressively do I say this, like, please, like like let 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 us dive in you know let us fully dive in it is so potential rich like the story group kind of idea i have which is to just you know um look at the world look at the regions of the world and say okay so i want a south american um you know wizarding world team to write stories about castello bruchu and like flesh that out authentically to that culture with authors from that culture you know not this thing which he did with the skinwalkers and stuff and like the her understanding like no get some native american writers like a native american wizarding world writing group to flesh out and write books for ilvermorny starring native americans you know <laughs> the same with japan native 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 you know what i mean 
and it's all there like and we have all these these different cultures have all these recorded keep in mind and that's what's wonderful about the wizarding world and fantastic beasts is that there are the recorded um mythological creatures and then you know jk beautifully i i think like the thestrals thestral that word kestrel thestral like it feels ancient it feels like someone eventually misheard someone say thestral and then they're like oh that thing up in the sky and then that word became kestrel so it has that nomenclaturic you know origin sequence which which works out etymologically you know and uh yeah, and I, I'm hoping, you know, maybe like with these names which she chose for these schools, uh, you know, Mahatoko, all these names are very simple. You know, Mahotokoro just means place where people learn math. It's like a very literal translation. And I saw that complaint and I agree. Um, those can just be, you know, one one name for it, you know. And so then when the, taking for example, like Wagadu, you know, um, uh, if they like it, they can keep it. But if this beautiful hypothetical, which should totally be a real thing, um, uh, African, completely African, like 100% African writing group assigned or who self-assign themselves even better to write um, the African wizarding world. And it could just be this thing of like the uh, wizarding world. So the Australian wizarding world, the um, uh, Scandinavian wizarding world, the, uh, you know, yeah. And you could, again, it doesn't have to be crazily subdivided I, I do respect the idea of there being the grand wizarding schools and that's that's cool that that simplifies things i think maybe instead of 11 maybe we can go to like 16 or something just to kind of include everyone you know because um, i'm sure that you wouldn't want uh to have that thing of like the chinese um uh, unless they do but everyone to japan it's like maybe i think that could be a korean school in fact there's a lot of korean you know I'll let let people get patriotic in the way that you know i think pa uh, pacific rim they kind of fucked up because it's like there was this beautiful thing with patriotism and that's that in that and in a good way you know and i liked you know boyega thing of like you know there's no nations anymore it's just the team but that's the beauty i think is 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 not in the melding of everything together in that melting pot way but as i saw this i saw i read it once this beautiful description of um uh the difference between like america and canada and they said with america it's a melting pot but with Canada, it's a tossed salad. So like the pieces are distinct, still mixed together, but distinct in a way where it's like, oh, that's cool. And they kind of, you know, it's like, that'll be really lovely. But again, I think there's, you know, ethno theorists are saying that like, we're just gonna be, everyone's gonna be brown in a hundred years. And I'm like, fuck yeah, that's so great. Everyone mixed together, so good. Um, but yeah, I think that that'll be, I know that might seem contradictory, but these things will always be written, you know, and I would love, for example, to see it's like in a 200 years time, it's like, like a, like a Blasian, like a black Asian uh, man or woman or whatever, uh, non-binary blah, whatever, uh, is like celebrating their Japanese culture and like looking at their Japanese heritage and, and like it's still preserved, but like it, it, it rolls with the times, you know, and that ties me back to Hogwarts. So it's like this thing of they preserve this, um, this institute and these ways for Harry Potter to see in this medieval way. They don't modernize for the 90s. You, <laughs> to all my peeps who schooled in the 90s, like 90s schools, kind of drab looking, you know? So believe me, when we were all reading this and reading like, a school can be like this, uh, columns, and, and it's just, it in, immediately inspires wonder, like filigreed. It's that same thing of when you were watching Disney, watching, uh, you know, Beauty and the Beast. You know, and it's great that, you know, Emma Watson with um, playing Belle eventually in the Disney, you know, uh, 
Yeah, I, I you know, I just like different interpretations. I, I liked the new Milan unto itself. You know, uh, I do prefer the animated. I and just as I do prefer the animated for pretty much everything that Disney have done. Um, but you know, the Aladdin had some great points, and it's it's fun. It's lovely. You know, unto itself. Again, not really pl problematic for me for those. Um, so wow, wow, we're in we're in a little bit of tangent territory. But yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. So the um really drab so when we're reading this it's like are you kidding me it's like and then to be sorted into houses like remember like i'm 32 in a couple months still the same level of wonder still the same one level of joy and like you know that it's just something about that reverence towards the old i think there's an implicit maybe there's a psychology thing here but it's like wow you're still like you you've survived all this time that's why we, we marvel at like statuary and marvel at like temples and stuff. It's like, you're still here, that's magic, you know? And to tie it up, maybe you can roll your eyes, but like the idea of preserving. So these books and stuff, like they're being preserved in their state, like they don't, they don't go anywhere. Like they don't flop around because it's like magic. And the idea of magic preserving something and, and us looking to magic and magic. Also, we, we, the magic is also tied with the past because a lot of people say, oh, the past was more magical and before technology, before I grew up, all these things. And I, I see that. I see that. And, uh, but the thing is, what's wonderful is that no part, no age of us, no age version of you is, is ever gone. So you still have your literal one-year-old self, two-year-old self, three, every, everything up till whatever age you are. You have each of them inside you completely still alive beautiful ready to just like you can commune with them show them things and they can like laugh and come alive and and that's what the wizarding world does a lot and for me and i'm sure for many millions um probably even a billion i will say i would say a good billion people have heard of harry potter i'll just say that and uh, I'm, I'm i'm getting to be more comfortable with saying harry potter now i used to just be like wizarding world hardcore let's get over it it's like you got. You can't forget your origins, and if people say Wizarding World or Harry Potter, that's fine. Or the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Um, happy to move away from Wizarding World of J.K. Rowling. Happy to move away from that. Lady, you know what to do. I believe in you. So, that is a, a kind of like a profile almost of, of what is magical about this idea of like the past and... Um, and the magic still being there for us to access and the older ways and the older buildings, like we can still go there. And that's what uh, is a bit meta because we can go into these older experiences of us as younger people, you know, which is, you know, in terms of time, it's like you go into the past, you know, and it's an older time, but you were younger. So it's like, you know, time's a construct obviously, but it's like, there's something so, so rich and, and, and timeless about that desire to, to re-immerse into magic. Uh, and the old setting really where it really fits like psychologically symbolically that idea of like a big beautiful castle You know, this is a pretty granular in-depth sort of breakdown of why it may be the stuff of kind of thesis here Not smoke-blowing. It's just like I'm going into that level of breaking down the subject matter um, But yeah, like that's beautiful and it wouldn't have worked if she had set the wizarding world in some like super stark modern place like that would have ugh, you know, I don't think it would have so it was a very organically, it came together, came together very organically, I think. Even though there's that thing of, I think, wizarding school, um, there was a, something already with that, but she, by far and away, and just the writing, forget the, forget the writer, just the writing and the conceptualization, it is just beyond Star Wars for me. It's, it's beyond Tolkien, I think, also. Um, Tolkien is the scholarly grandfather of, of 
of um, high fantasy, who I love in an entirely different sense, like literally in the it feels like history more like fantasy. You know, Tolkien is just a separate, you know, and so maybe I'll walk that back a bit and say like they're not comparable, but in terms of that immersion again, you know, Tolkien talks about a time that was, whereas Wizarding World, I could if I had a spell like fuck, again I could lift this cushion, dive into a portal to a wizarding space because that's how things like they can get a painting and then you know and then open and it's a portal like just like how in you know Pan's Labyrinth she draws the thing and then it becomes she can push it you know with the chalk magic you know and there's definitely not as much of this kind of actual like archetypical but also expanded kind of magic in like the likes of Star Wars where it is just kind of Jedi stuff which is cool and in its own way and you know tapping into Chi as well which Mulan touched on um which is all just um it's there's it's almost like it's it's contained uh some i think someone could probably speak about this um you know with more knowledge but like the force is like a spell or like five spells <laughs> in the wizarding world which is you know wingardium leviosa to bring akio to bring objects to you uh legilimens read minds like it's like you're covered with all of the force by like maybe five or six spells and then everything else is just a spell waiting to be learned you know so uh, um, by the way i'm doing this with the dune trailer which is like i i will i will use each frame as a platform to to, to launch discussions off of i've seen way well not way too many because then i'd be completely drained from doing this but at all but I've seen enough of certain trailers where they just kind of stick and they just try and break down everything in frame. And it's like, I'll do that. You know, I, I'm, I'm looking really close to see if there's any names and stuff. But if it's not there, there's countless directions you can go into. Also, to tail things off, as a kid, I learned about night markets. And I can't, I, I'm serious. Like, my concept of not just coziness, but specific vignettes. So let me give you an example. So... One of my Amelieisms, you know, if you've seen the film Amelie, they talk about the little things in life, the minutiae of life that are like, oh, that I love, you know. And so for her, it's like, or for other characters, like popping bubble wrap or whatever. For me, being at night when it's raining outside and there are pine trees and there's a lamp and a, or a lantern, preferably, and that lantern is casting like beautiful lamp light, that's like coziness for me. And guess where I first obviously Italy was part of that and like medieval playing that game but in Harry Potter when they're talking about like oh yeah and they approached the, the, the school at night which you can see at the you know and um, uh, in in the film and in the book but you know I think the, the wizarding for some reason the wizarding world cup when it talks about like I just have it it's the most vivid example the one that just sort of comes it's like you know night markets and like lanterns lighting up trees and tents and people revelry that kind of thing beautiful so as you can see here these lamps it's like lamp lit books bookshelves come on we're fucking dead already like we're we're, we're the, the the death that happened here just from this opening frame like i died completely out of just joy what a beautiful and there's your companion there definitely and just to kind of do a bit of launching off here you know it's like so if there's a a non-standard um you know, uh, thing where I hope actually that we actually begin at the beginning, you know, when you're a, a kid and you get your letter and it's like you're walking around like in the same way as uh, in The Last of Us, you're sort of walking around Sarah's room. We walk around our room, we get our letter. 
um, and we like with our family and like Fallout style, like our family is you know matched matched to our chosen everything like race, appearance, all that stuff. And so, and a beautiful scene, a truly wonderful scene would be to be like to be with your family before we even. I mean, I mean, maybe that's asking for too much, but to have that scene of like, oh, honey, your letter's here, you know, off you go. And like that intro cinematic of you in your room getting the letter, like you're not your, it might be a um, muggle thing, possibly, but um, who knows? I, I, I can't make too many assumptions, but the protagonist in the revealed information, this isn't a spoiler, is um, it's like you have this ability to wield ancient magic, so... I'm not excluding Muggleborns at all, I'm not excluding anything Borns, but just the riff that I just got just then, I mean, you you could definitely do like, it's oh, it's a, you know, Muggle, um, yeah, Muggleborn wizard. I think maybe, actually, I was about to go into this thing where it feels more wizard, like that it would be a wizarding family, but screw it, I think you should be able to choose that as, choose that as well in the, you know, um, Dragon Age style where that, you know, the opening is like, yeah, I am all these things and you just say you're all these things and great, and then the game arranges whatever it does and then it, it, it portrays that so if you say you're these things and you design your character and stuff I'm sure there'll be a beautiful intuitive way that they fit that in but um, just a thought that I had is like and what I mean by that is like it would mean that uh, based on whatever sort of social class I guess if they wanted to go into classes maybe that's a bit too in-depth more in the realm of like CD Projekt Red but all that I'm, I guess I'm saying is uh, that this could um, this carriage scene for example could change a little bit like the contents of the carriage and in, in place of I think at, at the very least in place of the owl we would have um, uh, whatever choice of pet that we have who would just be there in place of the owl. So even this opening scene, I could see us, um, you know, customizing it. So yeah, stunning. And uh, I mean, I, this symbol here, I don't think it's like a Ravenclaw symbol, but off she goes, beautiful animation. Shout out to the Guardians of Gahul, Gahul podcast coming and I am serious. I love that series. Um, beautiful image, absolutely beautiful. Hope to be able to like um, fly through the sky at night, uh, which is I'm sure many people uh, growing up wish they could do whenever their whatever they were going through got to them and you know made them want to fly away on a broomstick. Again, that idea. Who hasn't had dreams of flying away on on a broomstick? You know, whenever things got tough. You know, I've had dreams of flying. Everyone has, I think. Um, so Hogwarts, here we go. Um, in the um, image which this one I will bring up. I'll just open a tab and I will bring up Hogwarts Legacy wallpaper. And all I wanted to point out for this one is that if you look deep, deep into the bottom left, uh, that's 350. Also, just need to send a quick message, one second. Enjoy the music because that's playing right now. So, got to motivate the ones you love, folks. Fantastic. Let's dive in. So, yeah, all of these are from, uh, you can see these in the gamer side. Um, 
Here we go. Let's dive in. In depth. Here we go. So uh, here, the grab horns. Little grab horn family. Beautiful. Here, possibly a representation of Hogsmeade. Right there. Um, there, ancient ruins. Again, all of this is placed deliberately. Mysteries await. This beautiful, beautiful building, which is almost, it's almost like it lives inside our minds. This, And I'm going to say it again, because for me, it, it, it's like this em immediately empathetic thing where it just happens like, let us see this for Oagadu. The, you know, the, the mountains in the... I think it's the the mountains and dreaming mountains. I'll have to read that article again. I loved like with the, you know the kids. They don't get the owl or the uh, when they find out that they're going to Wagadu, they wake up with a stone in their hand. It's beautiful. Yeah, you know, uh, would have to be heavily vetted. In fact, they would even I would say feel totally free to like retroactively change things if they were like, hey J.K. I know that sounds great, but in our culture, da da da. And I would love that. I would really love if they. Um, uh, just again, that's my vision. Beautiful people, Wizarding World, Porky Games, regional, regional story groups for the Wizarding World, multiple streaming series. Okay, so I had a vision for something just called The Ministry, like which is basically like a comedy series like The Office, but uh, you know, or Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but set in the Wizarding World. Beautiful, you know, writes itself. Um, uh, an horror game that kind of evokes a bit of uh, Red Dead, because you're you know hunting bounties and stuff in that, and but I, the first one even before that, that that came to mind for a model would be the God of War. So God of War meets Red Dead, and you're an aura. Please go for it, and you maybe can customize your own uh, appearance there. Scandinavian book trilogy, um, uh, Japanese book trilogy, um, Brazilian book trilogy, where it's uh, these authors writing it, and then those books get adapted to series like. And that's not. This is none of this is cash grab. It's it's actually literally to be like. It's called the Wizarding World. Like let's go there and look. I, I I'm you know I, I enjoy Harry Potter. I do like the and people posting of the like the British stuff. But it's like, let's really you know, any more of that and it'll just be like is Britain all there is? Which is you don't want to go. You don't want. You do not want that conversation. That imperialistic thing of like Britain, Britain, Britain. They that didn't work out for them historically. <laughs> And Jason Isaacs, who played, you know, a Dragoon in The Patriot, like, he'd be like, yep, I know what you mean. It's like, we don't do that. And he's so chill in all of the times you see him. Um, and uh, animated series, you know, if you wanted to do readapt, like, that's fine. Like, um, you, you'll still have a lot of life in, in that home base, but it really, it really aggressively is time to expand that world, you know. Um, and, you know, Castello Bruxo, next year, November, folks, or December, rather. Um, we see a beautiful uh, uh, telescope here. That's amazing. I'm digging that. Um, so to the right here. Again, these, these out like we're going to be going on this bridge again. This is the bridge from the film. So this is uh, the film universe. Uh, and Warner Brothers, beautiful owl with its uh, lovely, uh, not a laptop casing. I'm kidding. Uh, beautiful package there. Um, who knows what? destination this letter slash package has who will be receiving it in their mailbox um, the Owlery I believe off in its own little area gosh I love this gosh this is so beautiful the Wamping Willow yep there she is and Foopers a beautiful beautiful squadron 
flock of flippers and invitation you know drawing the eye in with the little and what is that you know that is a a, a candlelit dungeon you know this is by the way uh i'm gonna fucking do it i'm gonna stand up because i'm so fucking excited i am so fucking excited jesus fucking christ and i can lift this up because it's not attached to anything guys i'm really fucking excited this is an actual fucking dream come true you don't you don't understand like none of this it's almost like it doesn't make sense how much joy i'm getting and how much is just perfect and when i was reading that um uh frequently asked questions on uh hogwartslegacy.com no hogwartslegacy.warnerbrothersgames.com slash fac when they were reading everything's like this is a open world immersive uh, action rpg you know that'll that's set in the 1800s that'll let you explore like that like uh, the hogwarts and, and the surrounding areas and like the wizarding world um one for one dream material in fact it actually goes beyond my dreams right like it just come on and also i have never stood up for this long historically when i've done my thing of standing up because of how excited i am it's just like and and come on like you know you know what i was saying about like lamps and uh you know candles and like dungeons and medieval things lit by candles like come come on you know like that's right there and and right there inviting you openly and so then yeah the character uh we see obviously we have um uh what's great about this is that depending on the lighting you could see this person's hand and very clever they have the lighting there on the hand there but um so literally most um skin colors it's like just the inside is usually a bit lighter so beautiful way of being like this person could be, is completely genderless you know uh they got their hand there. if it was front facing and we saw something that determined the, the caucasianity or whatever it's like then uh you're implying but with this even with that that hand shine that could be because when you light when you do that lighting effect on the skin you know uh see you can't really tell like that person could have pretty dark skin as well so i just like that's such a beautiful um way of being like this is you uh you're on the outskirts you're coming to this new place um you're an outsider but you're and i mean hogwarts is the home of outsiders you know and you are completely it's it's not determined you know uh you are you you're going to be stepping into this you will be part of wizarding world history and oh how i will fly how i will fly folks above hogwarts for hours i'm talking hours i will be flying seeing how far around hogwarts i can go on that hippogriff which is truly dream come true material um beautiful telescope there i think i pointed out before uh scotland god i love scotland scottish ancestry by the way my beard grows up it grows out red uh beautiful castle ruins here again the the implication being like we are very much going to be going everywhere and i'll i'll go i'll go this far you know will we go there is it going to be like straight up breath of the wild style but you know dlc's and uh um oh, sorry i'm doing that so much but, but i just want to go to medieval map okay so look at this i grew up with this god damn it people oh i grew up with this 
in Italy. This, okay? Come on, open up, open the image. Come on. I'm not, am I? I'm gonna stand up and I'll look at, and, and I do things in three, so there's gonna be a third time. Fucking, fucking fuck. Like, look, the same palette, the same like fog, you know? Like, and the pumpkin fields and everything, like, and I'm not kidding, like, that's the castle, you know, that's the Hall of Heroes, you know, and, and like the rickety bridge right there, you know, like, not kidding, folks, and if anyone else out there had the same experience, it's like, there you go, okay? Ah, oh. God fucking damn it, I'm so fucking excited. Oh, goodness me, goodness fucking me. And uh, yeah, I swear, I was in the army, but also like, Fuck it, like, I can't, like, and I, I don't use it as a crutch, I, I just, I have to, when it gets to that level of joy, it's like, game over, game over, folks, fuck me, and thank you, thank you, Ooh, Jesus, that's my third one, and my third and final one, this is just straight up, literally two Warner Brothers and Tepoki games, is I've sent you a few messages from a few different accounts, uh, and I, I said it straight up, um, like, on any other year as well, this would have just been fucking life-changing and beautiful. And, and again, there are worse problems in the world and there's stuff that deserves our hype and love and all this stuff more, you know, people in need and stuff, that's true. And we need to think about that. I always pre-frame any moment of just extreme gratitude towards art and entertainment with the, the idea it's like, we could be better to each other in the real world. Uh, and What's beautiful though is that stretching back into our history is like art and entertainment has informed who we are as people. And Wizarding World by far and away has made better people out of, if they hadn't encountered the Wizarding World, wouldn't have been as open-minded and, and as accepting and as full of wonder. And I'm sure there are so many, shout out to the millions of Wizarding World parents who are raising their kids right to be kind and accepting like the young kids from the Potter novels and stuff. Um, and to hopefully in future, you know, with the Fantastic Beast, like, you know, Newt, great, great uh, concept of a, you know, a non-traditionally very masculine, like knows who he is, but is an introvert kind of um, male, you know, like that's beautiful, right? And um, this entire, like, and, and I just want to say like the all-encompassing endeavor of, of Hogwarts Legacy, which you have stepped up to so, so beautifully, it honors everything I just said about those two series. And it is, I'm going to say it like quintessential Wizarding World. Like you're going, as I said, like when I talked earlier about magic and how magic, like that's a perfect era to set it in. It's, it's, it's in touch enough with its medieval past that it just feels like 100% authentic, you know? And it, it, it um, does this beautiful thing of, you know, not having to be like, oh, well, if it doesn't have Hermione or Rona or whatever, then it's not Wizarding World. It's like, no, it's, it's just the world. That's one thing I'll always agree with is the, the idea that you have the, world, the word world in there, you know? And you are creating a beautiful, stunning, something that will be like, not just a world of a game, but a world of like memory and like cherished memories that people are gonna have from this. And I said it, it's like, we are all, beyond speechlessly grateful that you have making this right and yeah like it's just so each and every one of you working at, on this game like i fucking love you and we really fucking love you and like 
giant hugs from all of us around the world for being who you are and doing what you do, right? The longest that I've ever stood on my bed for, for anything, by far and away. <laughs> Testament to all of you, okay? And you are the number one reveal of that whole presentation with PlayStation, and I'm a lifelong Final Fantasy person, and I love God of War. I spoke with Daniel Basuti from God of War, who plays Freya, you know, and, and even she would be like, this is, this is something else, because, you know, God of War, most of its history in another genre. With this, from book one, from instance one, it was just about deepening empathy and um, nurturing a relationship with magic. And, and like I said earlier, like this medium is inherently, you know, in, in the isness of what it is, in the quiddity of what it is. Look up the word quiddity, you'll love it. It means the isness of something. This world is about magic and it is about, um, yeah, I mean, it's so human. It's so much more like, human and about like directly addresses so many things which are like some series is kind of just sort of dance around or keep strictly just in that mythological overarching sense with with uh, harry potter and with wizarding world there's some like there's some direct dialogues about being open-minded and being accepting and so and as i said with this medium it's like it is the most lifelike of all the mediums so you're operating with this immensely like empathy deepening series in the most empathy deepening possible medium which is that like yeah you know just like life games require your active participation like <laughs> film and you know music and series like like they're passive so i said this earlier and i'll say it a billion more times if i have to you know so all that, I, all that I have to say is that I have nothing else to say but thank you, I guess you could say. So, goodness me, Avalanche, please, and take all the time you need, you know, and just love, 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 love from all of us, always. Okay, well, there you go. Um, the joy is real, folks. The joy is fucking real. Let's crack on, let's crack on, here we go. This beautiful place. So, this is what launched me off. And one thing you actually can't see in that big, uh, um, is the Quidditch pitch, which is right here. You know, that's the Quidditch pitch right there. Stunning, absolutely stunning. So let's bring up the old image. I will maybe flick between them in the history, you know? But, uh, yeah, the Quidditch pitch, it's just sort of hidden a little bit, I think, you know. Uh, how do I zoom out? There we go. It would sort of be here, usually, um, yeah, in the image. But for whatever reason, that, oh, actually, was that it? No, that's okay. No worries at all. Um, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll keep them both up. I gotta. Look at that. Flick, 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 flick. Come on! Also, I need to bring up the Reddit to show you something. Uh, so the reddit.com forward slash r forward slash Harry Potter game, which is the, the community actually has decided to stay on Harry Potter game. Uh, I agree. It's, uh, it's very easy to find, you know, and uh, it'll, it will be known as the Harry Potter game. I had some questions initially, but, you know, about it, but uh, I'm, I'm good with it now. So... Let's bring up, please let me find it very quickly so we can, there we go. Shout out to Fearless Ladder, Night Edit, for the official key art. Okay. This is the Night Edit, folks. Ah, oh, 
And in the comments below, which I'll read for you, look at that. Look at fuck, look at that. Perfect. Ah, Grapons are asleep. And you're out causing mischief. Love it. Stunning. Poopers are, I'll pretend that they're heading in. Uh, nice signature, well done. Well done, my friend. This is absolutely stunning. And there's the owl there, absolutely beautiful. Absolutely, so, so let's go. Let's flick between the two. Uh, uh, tuk, tuk, tuk. Turning the light on, turning the light off. Light on, light off, beautiful. Oh, so stunning. Thank you so much, uh, my friend. Um, Maybe if I'm logged in, I can just tell you that I'm speaking about you. Visiting podcast. It's almost like a stream, this one. Oh. If I can remember my password, which, you know what? Maybe I'll just like start saving my passwords. So there we go. So this person officially gets a shout out. Hey. You are live on the user wizarding podcast right now. I am telling our wonderful listeners and viewers about oh, viewers about how incredible you are and how awesome this art is. Avalanche should hire you. For sure. Sending good vibes from Australia. Albert. That's me. Host of the Wizarding World podcast and founder of Wizarding World. Kill. Uh, head over to um, reddit.com forward slash Wizarding World people. It um, doesn't have a lot of people. So let's try and get that. You know, and, and for being the place, because I founded it, like it's like I was st stunned that, you know, that's the name for the big thing. And, and there, there was a post I had up there. I think I've de-stickied it, but where I was like, we should just start calling it the Wizarding World. I'm, as I said, I came round to it. I used to get pretty annoyed when people just would say the Potterverse and stuff. It's like, cause it goes so much more beyond that. But again, like I find myself saying it too. So, but as long as we do our, do the right thing and like start incorporating other, other areas of the world, that's what we really need to do. So shout out to you once again, what's your name? Fearless Ladder, kind of punny name as well. Okay, here we go. I think we've probably crossed the hour mark and we are just 29 minutes in, 29 seconds in. Lovely, so that's, there she is. And the owl has just decided to take flight. And I wonder if that wasn't your pet in the end. Um, and uh, if that was just maybe a messenger of some kind. Hogwarts late 1800s when I saw this, as you can see uh, in my video, which why don't I just cut to it right now? There you go. Yeah, so it was real. It still is real and it'll never stop being extremely real that this happened, that this exists. So endless love, truly, 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 truly endless love to Avalanche for what they're doing, for being who they are and doing what they do. 
Okay. Here you go. I mean, it's the towers. It's and and that beautiful telescope. We're going to be able to look through that telescope. I bet. Look at this. Look at the cozy little students who are like, you know, who's in here? Because you're a late arrival. That's the idea. Is that you're brought in late. So that's why your carriage is kind of singular. You don't actually ride in with different students. And by the way, this will launch. I believe, as I said, with uh, you know, God awarded this. Um, uh, where people like at, from outside the sphere of interactive, you know, analysts are already saying that the PS5 is going to outsell everything else. I believe that too, because again, uh, I said this with, um, um, you know, the last episode I said, like, we dream in photoreal. So I think something huge is going to happen with this generation where simply people, they just won't be a dividing line between like just real reality. So then that'll just completely take away that sheen of like oh this is a plaything or it's like oh it's a simplified cartoony and like this is slightly cartoony but overwhelmingly this could just be frames from a film by far and uh, what i think that's going to do is that it's going to um and i'm glad actually you know like the harry potter game subreddit uh, will play host to the Harry Potter game of like the moment and it'll definitely be hogwarts legacy for that long maybe by then they'll be able to shift back to hogwarts legacy when they like when it sort of in like a couple of years time when it sort of um, yields maybe to like a PlayStation 6 kind of generation type thing. But what I can see this doing is, is this, you know, I can see people wanting to have that very first, like from year one experience, uh, which I don't think this will be. This is from five to seven. So five, six, seven. And so then you have three acts there. Um, five, six, seven. Yeah. So you're completing uh, year five. Completing year six and completing year seven, which is three parts of a, you know, structure. So you could very much, and I think we very much will be doing um, three years uh, in this place, uh, you know, satisfying that beautiful thing of like season in, season out, uh, following what happens in the books. Uh, that energy of like seasons, because I think in the comments people said that seasons are hugely important. I agree. Um, and hey they didn't have to pick that number folks so you're starting as a year five student five six seven beginning middle end of story i'll just say or they could end up doing game one game two game three if they want to do that shout out to respawn who are doing um uh, uh fallen order two and i spoke with Grease who who voiced the pilot of that so I'm, folks if you're out there and you're one of the voice actors of this you can low-key get in touch with me. I will maintain NDA. We can get you on an episode of the Wizarding World podcast to discuss your role, to discuss everything you experienced, mocap, you know, performance capturing, you know, for this. Um, definitely. And then definitely anyone from Avalanche. Get stuck into it. Get stuck into it. You know, things are about to happen. I, th I, I said this before. It's like, it feels like a reboot. It just feels like a, and it's so great that it's like, Obviously, it's not great in the way that it's like it's, you know, sadly, truly impacting people and that this just this person shouldn't hold these views at all. But just look at that. Dumbledore, Grindelwald, Avalanche, J.K. Rowling, like that clash in 2020, that clash of energies. And, I, and look, the, the, guess what's winning? You know, I'm left handed. So left is like what I lead with. So it's like, boom, that's winning. Well, it does look kind of a bit, a bit dark in, in the recording. There's so maybe like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like the, the good guys are winning because like this is drowning out what's happening with JK. 
love wins in the end always love of everyone and everything so there you go and i i, I believe the story will tie into that by the way this this trailer shows none of the amazing uh, varied eclectic diverse beautiful cast of characters which i'm sure will be in this title where you'll befriend them you'll have dialogue choices i'm going to give you some mind's eye cinema now e3 next year e3 season next year we will be seeing you know um, similar to what uh, uncharted 4 did which big lead up debut trailer and then at one point uh, a dialogue wheel appeared in the middle of like trailer number two or three people lost their minds similar thing with this is it time to read my Zowu thing? It is. It is. Oh, what Zowu thing, Albert? I'll tell you what Zowu thing. So obviously the Zowu is uh, a creature in uh, the Wizarding World. And I wrote, uh, I wrote something about the Zowu in what will, I, at the time I didn't know it was gonna be called Hogwarts Legacy, but um, you know, now we do know it. Here we go. So, this post is titled A Future GameSpot slash Polygon style review of Hogwarts A Dark Legacy. That's the name that I knew. Everyone was using that name. Inspired by you, Sam the King's community activity post. Uh, edit, thank you, Garrett underscore Watts for the award. Thank you, user Xam the King, for your awesome post about community activity ideas to pass the time until the trailer release of the game. My suggestion for us all, this is before the trailer came out, it was a suggestion, 71 days ago I, I wrote this, under an older Wizarding World account called the Wizarding World Show, now it's just Wizarding Podcasts on Reddit. Um, I've like decommissioned it, but it's still part of the legacy. Hey, legacy. My suggestion, future reviews for the game. Basically, you write a GameSpot-style article that is either a review of the full game, a report of first gameplay, four-hour demo or whatever, an excerpt from either of these, uh, and by writing uh, slash reading this article, you are able to build up and flesh out your ideas for the game and uh, engage in some fun Mind's Eye Cinema. Here is an excerpt from mine. Hogwarts, A Dark Legacy. Release date, November 5th, 2021. It's a speculation. I got the year right, though. Summary, truly magical. Review posted October 14th, 2021, written by user Albert Kesser. GameSpot slash freelance, that's just me imagining. Uh, when I first made my way to care of magical creatures class, the first thing, uh, let me build it up. Right now, you are in 2021, you're, this is IGN's GameSpot's uh, video review. This is a narration that you hear. Or if you're reading maybe the, you know, the Siri can read you the review, or if you're just reading it, this is in your minds, in your mind's ear, you know. Here is the review. I'll pretend it's the video review. When I first made my way to Care of Magical Creatures class, the first thing I noticed was the sky. Roiling, changing, absolutely photoreal, thanks to the power of next gen. I was, I'm fucking not kidding people, look. Like, the sky imagery, that's like how the trailer started, you know. Gosh. As I made my way over to the old groundkeeper's paddocks, this game predates Hagrid's cozy hut, but this quaint and warmly lit edifice is just as homey and inviting. Marveling at the cloak physics of my fellow students, I'll just let the trailer play while I, while I read this, and I'll play it at real time, you know what I mean? So we are at 35 seconds on 25, 0.25 speed, but just while I'm reading this, I'll just do a bit of looping, okay? 
for some flavor. As I made my way over the to the old groundkeeper's paddocks, this time this, this game predates Hagrid's. Yeah, let's start again. As I made my way over to the old groundkeeper's paddocks, this game predates Hagrid's cozy hut, but this quaint and warmly lit edifice is just as homey and inviting. Marveling at the cloak physics of my fellow students and listening to the collected clackety clack of their 1800s shoes on the gravel on the gravel path. I, just seeing that word 1800s, just knowing it was in my like future review at the very start of the trailer in the bottom right. Love it. As I do this, I hear a distinctive growl. If you've seen The Crimes of Grindelwald, a line of dialogue from a certain eccentric magizoologist comes to mind. Well, that'll be the Zowu. Beaming stupidly at the screen, I press forward. Zowu is my favorite magical creature. I love that that appeared just as I said. <sighs> that scene with the flying mount, it gets me every time. Daydreaming. I'm seriously. I'm at the first Wikipedia article I ever looked at, I, I said it last episode, was a hippogriff. So there you go. Try and remember the little activity. Try and remember the first Wikipedia article you ever looked at. Oof. Beaming stupidly at the screen, I press forward. The Zowu is my favorite magical creature from the Wizarding World and the best part of Crimes of Grindelwald. Thank you very much. WB Games sent out review copies a mere weeks before release. The game is so densely packed with activities that I've essentially been holed up in my room 24-7 with the due date of this review looming. And my vision has started to blur. However, as soon as I heard it, they widened. Almost out of my skull. And all tiredness melted away. Like as soon as I heard that growl, you know. Loop it back. Another trailer so you can keep watching. Ah. <sighs> I quickened my pace to go and see the source of the sound. I was about to see a Zowu. A moment of intense gratitude and is this real excitement washed over me as I rounded the corner. In fact, every few minutes of seeing 1800s-tastic environments, clothing, dialogue, and animations, I found myself repeatedly thinking this. Is this real? Followed by, how has this kind of game never been made before? The answer, of course, is that the technology to create a Wizarding World experience this immersive, this authentic, simply doesn't, didn't exist until now. And though a PS4 version of this game would have been stunning in the way Red Dead Redemption 2 was, for instance, the full-featured, uncompromised PS5 version I played is legitimately staggering. So It's been announced for multiple platforms, but you can see from this like they're going full-blown, full and I think it'll be not to you know, de-psych people who have the, uh, you know, 2014 console or, you know, the Pro, uh, it will it will just definitionally look better on. And, and, you know, tactile, like the controller, like it'll have extra features of when you're, you know, casting a wand, it'll have certain micro vibrations and then PS5 has brand new things happening with audio as well. So it'll, it'll, be, it'll be the most uncompromised version, so... Yes, this PS5 version, the uncompromising PS5 version I played, is legitimately staggering. I might sound uh, a lot like it might sound like a lot of hyperbole, but you have to remember this is among the first next-generation titles that I've ever reviewed. So cut me some slack, yeah. Entering the indoor paddocks, picture a large lamp-lit surface, sorry, space, full of stables of various sizes to accommodate various different magical creatures. I notice the rustle of the hay 
on my pointed 1800s style school student shoes, both in the audio design and visually. The level of attention to detail is astonishing. I zoomed in on my shoes, noticing the tiny flecks of mud from my walk all across the field from the Ravenclaw common room. I'm there. This is real. Comes the thought again. For the thousandth time since, I, since pressing start seven days ago. Seven, ah, that number, love it. Seven chakras, seven seas, seven energies, love it. Love that, and a very magical number too. I pause in photo mode to take in this sight, something I've done about 200 times since beginning my review playthrough, and walk ahead. Another thought comes to mind. I'm feeling legitimate childlike wonder right now. Something I thought I'd become too jaded to ever truly experience again, especially after the nightmare of 2020. Good riddance. It really do be like that, folks. I don't know why I chose to phrase it that way. Maybe I was just feeling a bit like, you know, young and hip to say things like that, but it really does feel like, like that, folks. Avalanche have emerged from their Disney Infinity Cocoon as a powerhouse RPG maker, a transformation akin to that of Guerrilla Games going from Killzone to Horizon. A studio redefined by a shared, passionate vision for creating the most dream-come-true RPG experience ever. As well as that latter title, Hogwarts A Dark Legacy strongly evokes and shamelessly emulates to great effect another open-world photoreal title that allows both first and third person experience both a first person and third person experience red dead 2 hogwarts a dark legacy is red dead horizon with a dash of final fantasy 15 coming across herds of grab horns and moo calves in the wild and oh my god the meal making and potion system just like final fantasy 15 if not even more photoreal all with an amazing all with the wizarding world coating and it all adds up to something truly and indescribably beautiful and ultimately unique unto itself, especially since, unlike those two titles, in this game you can fly. Broom, Hippogriff, Thestral, and more. I was staring off, looking at the subtle fog effects outdoors, and before I can even think, right there, nestled into herself and sleeping peacefully, as cats are known to do, a magnificent, regal, and gorgeous Chinese Zowu. So for this, quick little opening up of the trailer, or rather all the Zowu scenes, hopefully I can find a compilation like that. Zowu. Scenes. Here we go. Beautiful. Okay. Proud, noble, and looking more, much more well looked after than Newt's temporarily imprisoned kitty from Crimes of Grindelwald. On that note, if it's even possible, the CGI itself looks even better. The growl from before was due to a bad dream the poor girl was having. Part of my current quest, the sleepless beast, that has me investigating and doing an errand about helping the creature with its restless sleep. My presence seems to have soothed it, though, I have some theories about this, about how our character has some kind of special aura about them, but again, my lips are sealed with extra strong NDA stitches, sewn by Portkey Games HQ. Now for this one, the kinship with animals was not anything that anyone was thinking at all. 
that was not part of the, part of the discussion. So we have here that animosity relationship here. But here, the kinship with animals. I am going to lose it when I play this game. I, I just had a vibe, folks. I, 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 I was not privy to, to, to the kinship with animals bit, but here you go. So your character, the ancient magic, there you go. Wow. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, that started as like a throat thing, because I've been talking for a while. And that was a yawn, but there's some feelings in it. There's some feels here for sure. Definitely. So yeah, Portkey Games have sealed my lips as a future reviewer of this game. My presence seems to have soothed it though, so it comes closer. So I, so I get closer. A little prompt appears, press X to soothe. And sure enough, my good-hearted Ravenclaw student leans in and pets the creature's furry forehead. Back to the zoo. There you go. Hasn't even started the zoo part yet. The controller bristles, if that's even possible, using the PS5 controller's new haptic tech. As I caress the beautiful cat's mane, I look across the rest of her lithe and powerful limbs, twitching whiskers, twirling tail. She was right there. Beautiful. Let's go a little bit 25 speed. Gorgeous, 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 gorgeous. Fuck, I love the Zoe so much. Incredibly kindred and beautiful. Oh, and they did a beautiful, beautiful work with the visual effects depicting her. Gorgeous, love you, love you so much. Okay, let's let's keep, let's get to it. I'm getting, my eyes are getting drawn to the scene, that's all. In the story, she is the mount of the headmistress of the visiting, previously unseen Chinese school of witchcraft and wizardry. Later on, her royal beastkeeper takes me aside and, to thank me for befriending and helping the poor creature out, allows me to saddle up. So for the menu system, I predict it'll be really good for them to follow something like uh, Breath of the Wild, which had a be beautiful like main quest, sub-quest, but also The Witcher 3 also does really well with that too. Matter goes as pets please, and as you heard, my beautiful co-host from episode 6, Elise Tabor, she said, how amazing would it be to be able to bring magical, okay, uh, creatures as pets, and then we experience the story where the rules shift, and that's why, uh, you know, young wizarding uh, folk from then onwards can't bring magic magical creatures anymore, so it'll just be, you know, mice, owls, cats, that kind of thing, but before maybe a baby matago would have been possible, you know, gosh, I love these creatures. What a beautiful scene to see in slow motion as well, goodness me. Just to see all the details. Incredible. You own that girl. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Later on, yeah, her royal beastkeeper takes me aside and to thank me for befriending and helping the poor creature out. Allows me to saddle up. All of these characters, places, and beasts have names. Ah, oh, so gorgeous. <laughs> but I cannot tell you them, WB's orders. Alright. What I can tell you is that the near vertigo-inducing, due to the photorealism, effect of leaping almost across the entirety of Hogwarts grounds on the back of a royal zoo was almost a religious moment for me as a lifelong fan of the wizarding world. One of my thousands of incredible moments, one of many thousands of incredible moments, you'll need to experience it. 
I'm going to take that again. One of many thousands of incredible moments you'll need to experience for yourself next month. Score 10 out of 10. Verdict Avalanche pulled out all the stops in every aspect. Gameplay, environment, design, writing, music, creating an experience that meets and in many places exceeds decades of daydreaming about the, wiz the perfect Wizarding World RPG from its passionately devoted fan base. Like Star Wars, Jedi, oh look at that, Create, literally creates a portal in time space, I love that. Like Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order from 2019, this one strikes a path entirely its own. A new time period, a new cast of amazing characters, Elazar Fig is a new favorite. And such great promise for future tales to be told from here. Like they did with Batman Arkham Asylum over a decade ago, WB have done it again. Create a standalone title in an established universe that sets a new standard for interactive entertainment told in literary slash film worlds. Oh, look at that. Cuts through space and time to get to Père Lachaise. Look at that. Ah, so gorgeous. I'll comment here. I'll say we just read through this for episode eight of the Wizarding Podcast. Hogwarts Legacy is real. Is real. And the dream is real. Ah, so wholesome. Read it. Certain areas, of course. Just having memories. Good times. Good times, good times, folks. Oh, look at that gorgeous. Hey, cutie. Oh, so sweet. And he dives right in. Also amazing. Look, it's just right there. Right there. There's no... It's not CG. It's real. Magic is real, folks. Okay. Back to it. We skipped ahead. 0 0.23. We're at 0 0.35, I believe. We're just landing in our likely-to-be Thestral-drawn uh, carriage. Let's make sure we didn't miss any frames there with anything we can glimpse. Going back to 0 0.25 speed. Annotations off. Let's crack on, folks. Gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. Ah. What is that? What is that? A beautiful kind of tree design on the... I think it's stained glass, actually. Stained glass window. Very beautiful little detail. And guess... Look at that, barely glimpsed. A little bit more stained glass there. There we go, cracking on. In she comes. Ah, very briefly, I believe we can see our character. Oh, too big. When you try to do the double tap thing on YouTube, it just sort of thinks that you want to skip forward Maybe space bars are best there you go and then you can go back 10 seconds as well oh dear oh there's your character right there right there you can see it can i zoom in okay 
Oh, you can't zoom in on YouTube videos. Uh, interesting. Well, that's you, and that's your, your coach person, so beautiful. Absolutely gorgeous. Back we go to the to the wide view. Okay. Absolutely beautiful and uh, a lovely place for uh, NPCs to um, to hang out. This area will be wonderful. You know. Not sure what this little device is to the right here. Probably just a facet of the uh, of the castle. Forty-five seconds. Twenty-seven on tw on trending. Uh, so we have um, the sigils on the door. Let's have a quick look. Does this spot anything? There we go. So presumably each of these doors has each of the four sigils. So this is what we're seeing here is Hufflepuff and Ravenclaw, who are the two best houses because they stay out of all the drama. Shout out Ravenclaw. Uh, and you're having your, uh, um, you know, the door opened by a, uh, <laughs> a lovely, lovely witch or wizard. The hall, the hall, the hall which is modeled off of the one from the films. The beautiful stained glass here. Let's zoom in. See, now I can zoom in. I was zooming in before. That's weird. Beautiful little badger, which looks a bit more like a uh, weasel, actually, but that's still cool. Lion here. So from left to right. Ah! Ah! I'll have to have a sleep soon. Slytherin, Ravenclaw, Gryffindor, and Hufflepuff. Beautiful. Look at all of this gorgeousness. And I'm so glad that they kept this again because I, I saw that deliberately, I think, maybe to evoke the films more. Uh, they had, um, you know, some of the students wearing like long pants and I'm going to go full 1800s. Like I, I saw the main character can wear that. So I uh, can't really identify any of these foods. Uh, amazing roast over there. All this food looks incredible. Uh, and those are obviously the four tables, of course. Ravenclaw right here, I think and Gryffindor. Beautiful. Look at everybody. This guy, he's leaving. He's had enough. Little, uh, oh, oh God. Everyone wants to let me take a seat and imagine it'll just be a, a little prompt. Oh, we see a ghost here, by the way. I don't know if people are noticing this one as much, but a beautiful um, ghost. It's a split second though. It's a split second, but you can see a ghost. And that is something that I will screen capture and post to Reddit at some point. There you go. That's on the desktop now. Um, what we can see here in the mural is that uh, it uh, is a little vignette almost of all the different creatures and uh, some sacred symbols here, so the triangle and the pentagram. And we have, um, yeah, all the animals kind of coming together. The sequence, you know, of the sun. Uh, you know, the, the cycles of the moon, rather. Really beautiful. And the headmaster's, um, you know, plate. We saw that as well. You know, or the thing that he reads out, the, the podium. Obviously too far away to read any books, but we do see two different kinds of dressed students here with the more traditional robes and then with this robeless option. Not sure who these would be. Uh, possibly Merlin and uh, maybe Morgana. Just a guess from the lore. Uh, this reminds me of the Green Man um, from Medieval, which is a, a figure that is often depicted. Ah! Ah! Gosh, I'm going for a long time, but fuck, I love this world, so... Tell me that, come on, as you've been reading these books, you haven't yawned. 
just because you've been sort of sitting with it for a while. Um, nothing quite to spot here, but uh, there's a sense that, uh, you know, these uh, bricks are... Oh, it looks like James Franco for some reason. Um, I, I, made the, I advanced the theory that... Um, uh, that we could come across our own portrait, or rather that the game should finish with uh, the portrait, just us in, in, you know, in portrait form. Although I suppose that would technically mean that we died, but uh, who knows, maybe if they want to continue, we can carry our character over, but I think it's going to be one and done, this one, personally. Um, you know, I have to put the heating on, by the way. It's getting really cold. Really cold. And, yes, blanket time until the heater starts working, folks. This is one of the coziest scenes I've ever seen anywhere in any game, anywhere. Love that little mini allusion to the Mirror of Erised. Just, just the framing, that's all. Uh, filigreed, amazing, amazing levels of detail. Slytherin, studying, being a good, and then you have, yes, again, it's just this mixture, you know, I suppose. Um, common room, possibly. Sorry. Bound to happen. Oh, sorry, sorry. Here we go. Common room, I would say, maybe. The downstairs of a common room. Couldn't really tell you what bus that would be. Um, I think we're good. Blue denotes Ravenclaw, possibly. And But no, Ravenclaw's main person was a woman, so such a prominent painting. I, I guess that size would definitely imply that you'd see Ro uh, Rowena Ravenclaw. Okay, zoom in and we cannot read any of the words at all because they're too little. But I am living for this, uh, These first of all, these lamps, which are this classic, you know, the classic green lamp from libraries. Uh, this is an older design, obviously. Um, but look at that. Good kid. Reminds me of the Deracine kids, you know. The little, um, you know, the patchwork kind of design, like the plaid, you know. Couldn't tell you who these figures are either, but the you know the armor standing to attention. That's I'm living for that. And again, I think because of the blue, maybe on the way to the Ravenclaw's uh, common room. I would love to believe that. Characters by far and away, this is definitely a brand new character. Look at how he's designed. He's got some kind of prominent features, a very well detailed model. So he is going to be a NPC who helps you through school. So. Ah. <sighs> Excuse me. Oh, amazing. Oh, who wouldn't want to live there? Who wouldn't want to be there? And then, please give me Uagadu. Oh, please reveal to us Uagadu and Castello Brujo and Mahotokoro. All these beautiful hats. Sorry, schools. It's getting late. It's about to be. By the time I finish this, it'll just hit 10 p.m. Um, for this, actually, I feel pretty comfortable um, just kind of going through. So this, again, courtyard for NPCs. Uh, people recognize the courtyard from several scenes in Harry Potter with, like, Cedric Diggory. Uh, carrying the, like, it's almost like a semi-floating broom there. I love that. Uh, again, these could be all, and that could be an NPC that we get to know. I love the character design of the, the robes, you know, beautiful. Uh, a moody, uh, serious black-esque character being the potions master. Love it. Um, very on board for this. This is definitely another named character. Uh, I'll just predict they have a B in their name because they look kind of like 
uh, bees weirdly feels like a, a name, like someone would have that. Oh, that's just a guess. We mixed, we missed a potions class, or sorry, uh, herbology. Another character who will definitely have a name. And this made me think of uh, maybe we could have some uh, celebrity uh, people appearing. Um, some very high-profile actors appearing as some of these um, uh, figures, you know? So that would be really cool. And then some beautiful crossover thing could be that if we're talking about ancient um, 1800s people here, is we could see a flashback in um, uh, Fantastic Beasts 3 with Nicolas Flamel talking to one of the actors, like the actors, actors who performance captured, gave their likeness to this game, and we see them in one scene. So that would be a beautiful opportunity to extend the lore. Cool, discovering wand lore together uh, in potions class, you know, or wand abilities. And look at that, that's really cool. And I, I love seeing uh, also the um, darker skinned fellow's hair is amazing, and I would love to have it. Uh, and it is a uh, Ravenclaw and a Gryffindor working together. Um, again, we see those two statues. Uh, I believe that we're going to find out that they are something like, like Morgana and. Oh, moon calves, love moon calves. Come on now. And Morgana and. Um, I'm losing my mind, folks, because this is just so fucking gorgeous. Is that a stone cat? No, it's not. It is the local cat. And uh, this is the frame where I paused and I said, and I posted to the Reddit and said, we definitely need to have a meditation mode where if we were just wanted to sit with this cat, is sitting anywhere around. You can just sit on the floor. Literally, it'll just be like sit anywhere. And you can just sit there and just hang out in the, in the common room. Who hasn't dreamed of that? Look at your analytics later, Sony, of just the amount of people that paused for a long time in the common room. Ah, ones, of course, and again, looking beautiful. Uh, turning something into something unafraid. I wish we could do that more in the trailer, but I think it's because I uh, the character chooses to be combative or something that they, um, yeah. I know. I'm just glad... Um, Actually, let's go back. Hogsmeade, beautiful. Training dummy, beautiful. Probably modeled on like, you know, hopefully someone nondescript so that no one gets offended, but like quickly back to the model. You know, if there's anything around that in the room, we could see a witch's, yeah, so, uh, sorry, a, um, a cage to keep things in. So interesting. If they may be a thing uh, that people are hiding things in. I don't know. I don't think this would really work. So yeah, beautiful training dummy, love it. Love it, made of wood clearly. Hogsmeade, uh, beautiful. I had to have the minds of a hog going into this. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, Hogsmeade, I'm just, I can't. Estimated 914, it's an ancient stuff. Uh, Ray and I, we went to have um, Wernerschnitzel in uh, Switzerland, in one of those amazing um, camps. Sorry, not camps. Um, uh, oh, gorgeous. I mean, I would love to go camping in Switzerland, but um, no, one of the lovely restaurants there had it. You know, beautiful. Uh, this cottage, folks, I'm living for this cottage and whoever lives there. And it's so good. You know, exactly beautiful. Wow. I know. Wow, I had a little dropout moment there. I'm getting real tired, but uh, again, this is just more gorgeous than words, folks. 
And uh, feel free to leave a comment like which of these beautiful Pegasi slash hippogriffs are you? I think it'll be a hippogriff. Oh my. In theory. Saw the comments uh, on the Reddit about, uh, you know, no perfect foe to train with. Uh, I saw a spider there very quickly, extremely quickly. Coming on the side. Oh no, that was just a, a something on the glass. But uh, Dementors, just with very thin arms, but look authentic to the film. So I think I saw a hood though, but that, that should be fine. Yeah, exactly. I just need to just chill, exactly. Thank you. Wow, I'm really falling asleep because I'm just fucking so deeply immersed. This pull-in spell, come on. Like, multiple areas will be like that. And someone mentioned Diagon Alley. Seeing Diagon Alley in the 1800s, neck level. And the ability to summon, uh, you know, the books all the way out here. But um, no, I just see stones and rock. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, that's, yeah. Beautiful. I just had a thought of like a, a witch who just chose not to rescue a bridge. Yeah. Um, oh my goodness. Yeah, I was about to go into some bridge-related stuff, but uh, that bridge is, is Fallout 76, not Star Wars. Even though Fallout 76 has some lovely little videos out there. Kinship with Animals discussed it with the beautiful Graphorn, who looks absolutely gorgeous. You know? If I do. Wow, it's time to go to bed. Wow. I'm going to have to chop out some of these silences, you know? Uh, but if I didn't cut to things, that's fine, you know? Oh, so fucking gorgeous. Come on now. Ah. Yeah, I'm falling asleep straight up. So who is this? Dark Wizard, I'm assuming, so this person, as you can see, they've got like stuff on their back. So, um, maybe they, oh god, if we can ride dragons, folks. Oh, my, to finish my speculation on the masked figure, um, oh god, it looks so gorgeous. Oh, did we see, we did, we did see companions there. These are absolutely your companions. We have a bearded man, a bald man, and a nondescript, uh, I think a woman. Yes, I think that'll be her. Yeah. It's a, a strategic cut because we saw, I think, someone maybe going for the for the one strike, but then it cuts. And yeah, it seems as though we've advanced enough where we don't have to say spells anymore, which will be brilliant and beautiful. Damn! That fucking flame! And look, it looks better with its beautiful red belly. You saw that red neck. I love it. Oh, gorgeous dragon. Made the trailer for me, I think. Ah, if only we could see that. We could ride that dragon. I, I really hope so. Because we've seen red dragon riding before in the series, uh, in uh, part one, I believe, of um, Deathly Hallows. Absolutely gorgeous. Folks, this has been a big in-depth deep dive into the Hogwarts legacy trailer. Um, at one point I could see myself maybe 
doing an extra tidbit of analysis just to cover the latter half, which is when I, I like, I must be an old man because it's starting to get warmer here too. Getting a little bit, oh, the fupas right there. Or, or actually, no, just the, must be hiding the fupas. Or are they flying? Is that just me? I swear that I could see fupas flying. Is that just me? Yeah, that's just me. I, I'm, I'm getting like super duper sleepy. And that's fine because I gave, you can literally, it happened on camera folks, I gave this episode my all, everything that I had in the moment that I had it after a full day of work. Um, I could see myself yeah, coming back and just talking about maybe the last half, you know, um, my word. And you'll find uh, on the channel, actually, various channels. Yep, all the sacred symbols. There you go. Learn your sacred symbols, folks. Uh, all captured on PS5. Gorgeous. Yep. Do you see that nod? Uh, I might even keep these in because they just might. They must be a bit, a bit funny, you know, to watch. Folks, that has been a maybe close to three-hour um, deep dive, I would say, into the dream come true that is the Wizarding World RPG, Hogwarts Legacy. Night, day. It is night and night and day compared to any other Wizarding World title. And thank you for this gift, WB Games and Portkey and Avalanche, especially and most of all. Keep up the beautiful work, the life-changing, day-making, year-making, year-uplifting, especially in this horrible year, transforming beautiful, beautiful art that is deepening the wizarding world in a way that we've all wanted it to be, that we all know that it is meant to deepen. And this is this beautiful first step beyond the bounds of Hogwarts, you know, starting there, but with the promise of so much in the future. Wagadu legacy. Castelo Brujo legacy. You know, Mahotokoro legacy. Gilbaton legacy, Durmstrang legacy, come on. Ilvomorny legacy. Yeah, Chinese wizarding school legacy. DLC for each one. Uh, come on. I know you can do it. Love you all. And until next time, bye for now.